Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. God's purpose is to build himself a house and establish his kingdom on the earth. In the Old Testament recovery books of Ezra and Nehemiah, we see three sections of God's work. Firstly, related to the rebuilding of the temple under Zerubbabel, and then the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem under the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah. This is Matt Miller with Ron Kangas. Ron, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for asking me in. Ron, could you give our listeners a little background of the Lord's recovery that we'll be discussing today from Ezra and Nehemiah? The word recovery in our usage conveys the biblical principle that God ordained that something would exist in a certain way in the beginning, that that matter was lost or damaged, and that it needs to be restored in principle, if not in scale, to its original condition. The Old Testament history of the people of Israel, especially regarding the temple and the city of Jerusalem, is a picture of this. God ordained that the temple be built. He revealed the design of the temple. And then there was the city. So God had a house, at least in typology, for his dwelling place and a city representing his kingdom. When, due to the idolatry of God's people, both the house of God, the temple, and the city, particularly the walls, were destroyed. In the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, we have recovery. We have a return to Jerusalem, first for the rebuilding of the temple, and then for the reconstructing of the city. Actually, the value of Ezra and Nehemiah today for us is that they provide a vivid picture Mm -hmm. of the Lord's recovery work and set forth certain principles that God ordains and follows in his recovery work. We'd like to impress our listener with the main point that God has a purpose, Satan And those in his kingdom rebel against God's purpose and bring in damage as much as possible. But God will not be defeated. Rather, he will always have a recovery so that he can carry out his original intention. So when we speak of the Lord's recovery, using the book of Nehemiah, we are appealing to the history in the Old Testament as a picture of the Lord's present recovery work related to the building up of the church as his dwelling place and the strengthening of the church to be the reality and practicality of the kingdom of God today. In this way, we can bridge the Old Testament with its picture and historical record with today's situation 
because, and our listeners need to know this, the Lord is doing a recovery work even as we speak. And the Lord's recovery work follows the principles and the pictures portrayed in Nehemiah. If we have a heart to be in the Lord's recovery today and to participate in his work of recovery today, we would do well to reread Ezra and Nehemiah, to avail ourselves of the life study materials on these books, because the life studies open them up, and even to consider prayerfully and thoughtfully the fellowship we will attempt to set forth in this program. This is not a mere history lesson, nor a mere Bible study. We are studying the Word in the way of life and light so that we can be one with the Lord in what He's doing in His recovery on earth today. Ron, thanks for that word. Let's go to Witness Lee and see the three sections of God's work for His recovery. For the uh, return of the captivity back to Jerusalem, to build up the temple and to repair the wall, to let God have a house on the earth and have a kingdom on the earth, surely this needed three sections of work. One section is to bring a number of the captivity back to Jerusalem to lay a foundation to form a nation. To do this, you need a strong government, a strong administration. Then the second section is the need of a teaching, the need of a kind of education to uh, bring these people of God into God's culture. Neither Canaanites, nor Egyptians, nor the Babylonians. No. But a kind of a culture to express God. This needs a lot of education. Then thirdly, you need a constitutional section to uh, constitute the nation. Okay, for the uh, first section, who was there to take the lead? Who had the capacity? A descendant of the royal family of David by the name the Rebbe. If you study the Bible carefully about him, you could see he is a strong governor. He's very strong. He could manage all the people, and he did. But beside him, one scribe, a descendant of the priestly family, Ezra. He was just a priest with a lot of learning, skillful in God's law. He didn't have a rank, but he was so strong, so bold, so aggressive, he presented a petition to the king of Persia. 
And he got a high reputation before the king. The king even appointed him to be something higher, to appoint magistrates and judges. So this was Ezra. Ron, let's take a break and stop right here and talk about these first two sections of the Lord's work, the governing and the teaching section, before we go on to the final constituting section. According to the prophecy of Jeremiah, the prayer of Daniel, and the action of God himself in fulfillment and answer to both, we have an actual, practical, physical return of a remnant of the people of Israel from Babylon to Jerusalem for the express purpose of rebuilding God's house. And the Lord incited and anointed even Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation to this effect. But in order for such a move to be carried out and for the rebuilding work to begin, there is the need of a capable, God-ordained government to facilitate this recovery work. When I say God-ordained, I mean it's not someone who is motivated by his own ambition or his own zeal, but someone, and Zerubbabel was the man who had the standing as a royal descendant to function governmentally. It is very good that a number of the people had a heart to return and build God's house, but there must be the government to manage this, to enable this to actually work out something. That is what we see with Zerubbabel. After that initial wave of return from Babylon to Jerusalem, you have another wave, and here Ezra appears. He is not a royal descendant, but he was a priest and a scribe, a very good combination. To be a priest means that he served God by being in God's presence, bringing the people to God and bringing God to the people. To be a scribe meant that he was a learned one in the Scriptures. His function was not in government. He did not compete. He did not conflict with Zerubbabel. His function was education, but not education according to our natural or secular concept the people actually had to be re-educated in the divine revelation. If the returned Israelites had not been educated, they would have lived according to the culture they assimilated during their captivity. Right. They needed to be educated, trained in the divine culture to have the divine thought, the divine standard, the divine principles— Otherwise, you would have an incomplete recovery 
of people back in Jerusalem building God's house, but not properly educated in the ways of God. So we need Zerubbabel for government, and we need Ezra for education. And then we're going to go on for the third section to see we need Nehemiah for constitution. So let's go back to Witness Lee for the third section of the Lord's work for his recovery. Then for the uh, third section, Nehemiah. Who was this man? Of what tribe? No mention. And what was he doing? A cupbearer. Very common. One day, he said, the king said, Are you ill? What happened to you? I have never seen you with a face like today's. So he was bold. He was aggressive, taking the chance to tell the story. The king says, okay, what you request? Very strange. The king did everything he asked. Could you believe? God's sovereignty. How he was stirred up. Just one of his brothers came back from Jerusalem. Oh, you just come back? What is the situation there? My goodness. Oh, the gaze burned, the temple devastated, and the people are suffering, you know? Just this little, not that much. She heard, then she wept. She wept, and she prayed. He didn't call a prayer meeting. He prayed by himself. A real burden. Then he became ill. Ill of the situation of uh, Jerusalem. So that illness expressed in his face. So, dear saints, the Lord's recovery through the centuries always been kept in the same principle. Three sections. The governing section, the educating, teaching section, and the constitution section. Okay, Ron, here's a good stopping point. Let's uh, develop this last comment from Witness Lee that the Lord's recovery through the centuries, has always been kept in the same principle, three sections, the educating, the teaching section, and the constituting section. I think it'd be good to stop and explain this a little bit before we go any further. Uh, We really need to do this because the word constituting or the noun constitution, when we speak of constitution in the context of Nehemiah's contribution to the Lord's recovery, We don't mean a document that sets forth the principles of government for a country. We mean something organic, like if we talk about a person having a healthy constitution. We're talking about the organic elements in his being that make him or her robust or strong. So when we speak of constituting, we're talking about something very inward. We're talking about the being of the returned Israelites. 
The sequence of the three matters of governing, educating, and constituting is significant, and they are progressively inward. To manage the return and the initial building of the temple, we need government. Then we need the education, which is inward, but it's mainly in our understanding, in our realization. It also affects our character and our living, our behavior. But our constitution is altogether inward. And there was the desperate need for the recovery, as portrayed in these books, to reach the level of the inward constitution of the returned people of God. And this constituting involved two main things. It involved a purging or a purifying of the element of mixture, of the compromise, of any defilement that came from compromising with the pagan nations. And it also involved having a divine element wrought into their being to make them a holy divinely human people. So we should appreciate these three functions, and we have to have all of them. Without the government, there is no practical return. Without the education, people do not know the truth according to God. Without the constituting work, then in our being, we're the same as others. So the Lord's recovery requires government, it requires education, and it requires constitution. This is what we see portrayed in Ezra and Nehemiah, and this is what the Lord is doing today. He does have a government to carry out his recovery work. There is a divine education taking place, and this ministry is part of it. And there is a constituting even a reconstituting work going on by the life-giving Spirit through the Word to work out an actual intrinsic change in our being so that what we are matches the standing that we're taking for the oneness of the body of Christ and the building up of God's dwelling place on the ground of that oneness. Thanks, Ron. That's helpful. Uh, We've got one more section with Witness Lee. Let's go to him for the conclusion of today's life study. Through the centuries, the burden to go back, to rebuild the city, always has been kept in the same principle. Three sections. The governing section, the educating, teaching section, and the constitution section. Some ones were raised up by God, stirred by God. Some ones just volunteer. And some ones are high in position. And some ones are just common people, cabarer, no name. But all of them are bold characters, very aggressive. If they do something, they would not see any kind of failure. They would be bold, 
aggressive to death. Paul was aggressive. No servant of God through the history who had been used by God was not aggressive. Martin Luther, very aggressive. No one can change that man's mind. But he was a gentleman, very gentle, but I tell you, very aggressive. And this is Nehemiah. When you read Nehemiah, you should not pay the attention to them, what the king, what Persia, this and that. The Lord will show you. Here is a common man, a servant of the king, cup bearer. He was aggressive, volunteer to God, to his burden, to go back to build up the city. Think about a cup bearer could do this. Well, that aggressiveness was very much used by God. Today, what we are sure of is aggressive. Well, Ron, what we are short of today is aggressiveness. Your final thoughts. Aggressiveness understood as a very active and intense exercise on our part to carry out what is in God's heart. God has revealed his will. He has made known the desire of his heart. He has made it clear in the word what he wants. Now there should be some kind of response from us. We shouldn't sit around passively doing nothing, even claiming we're waiting for some kind of inspiration. In a very real sense, we don't need an inspiration because we have the divine revelation in our hands and it's open to us. Who will be exercised? Who will exercise his being before God? Who will grasp the opportunities the way Nehemiah did when the sovereign God provides them? There needs to be, and there desperately needs to be, an exercise, an activity on the part of God's people in their oneness with him to match him and to carry out by living out his revelation concerning his dwelling place and his kingdom. The Lord said, as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, we enter the kingdom by violence, by taking strong action. Passive people, lazy, indolent, unresponsive believers are of no practical use to God in his recovery. We need to be one with him, on the one hand, incited by the Spirit, on the other hand, exercising our spirit to take that kind of action that we know from the revelation in the Scriptures will carry out God's intention. Someone has to actually do this. Someone needs to be in this principle today because God, before the Lord Jesus returns, must have the proper recovery of his house and his city, that is, the church, 
and the kingdom in the church. God has made his desire known. God has provided the government. God has provided the education. God has made known the need for constitution. All of this God has mercifully and graciously given to us. What will we do by the Lord's grace in response? We need to be energized, we need to be empowered, and we need to rise up and take action for the sake of the Lord's interests and his recovery work today. We need to be in Nehemiah. We've run out of time, Ron. Thanks for coming in and doing this program with me today. I enjoy being with you, Matt. And thank you also for joining us. We, uh, we really believe this was worth your time and hope you'll come back and be with us again next Monday as we continue the life study of Nehemiah. If you'd like to get the printed materials that go along with our radio program, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. On behalf of Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Nee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Nee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.